The world is a new place, and we're all making adjustments. It moves faster and changes direction more frequently than ever before. People feel stuck, unfulfilled, and lost in their lives. I hear this all too often. Where are the answers? Someone please just give me the answers. Well, what if I told you the answers are finally here? My name is Scott McDonald, and I was once just like you. Join me on my process of personal development, pathway of success, and pursuit of happiness. For you see, my job isn't just to ask questions. My job isn't to just listen. My job is to ensure what happened to me does not happen to you. This is the Real Experience Student Athlete Podcast. I'm Scott McDonald, your host. Today I'm joined by my good friend, Jonathan Fernandez, the host of Execution Equals Excellent. Uh, Jonathan's podcast is for young men and women who are looking to discover the calling in their life, uh, who need that edge into chasing their destiny nonstop, who are struggling to find direction and are looking for new ways to push through the pain so you can execute on your purpose and push way push your way into excellence. Jonathan, buddy, I'm excited that you're here. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. I'm happy to do this interview with you. Ah, awesome. So how's everything going in your life in the whole, uh, you know, COVID-19 world? You know, I know it's a big adjustment for everyone and it's a topic that everyone has to start off with just to get it out of the way. But uh, what's your cold notes version of uh, how this is going for you so far? Well, as for me, my personal experience, I've been stuck in my house. Well, today will be the 39th consecutive day. I mean, I literally have not left my property in any way, shape, or form. I've not left my street. So, no, I've been, uh, I've been quarantined to the max, if you will. But it's been good. You know, I'm used to being a homebody, so it, it's no worries. You know, I'm, I'm just thankful that, you know, I'm safe. You know, my family's safe. My family's doing in much better health, I know. I had mentioned to the uh, Facebook group a few weeks back that my uncle was on the verge of not making it due to the coronavirus, but you know, with the grace of God, he uh, got through that and he's been back home for a couple of weeks. So it's all good now. Yeah, no, I remember when you, when you made that post, that was incredible to, uh, to hear that someone that who was, you know, we never think it's going to happen to any of us or anyone that we know. And then when you drop a bomb like that, you go, Oh shit you know, that's, that's something that's real there. So I'm really happy to hear that he came out of that. What was, uh, what was the severity of it? Like, I imagine like it wasn't the best feeling he had the first uh, week or so when he had that condition. You know, I haven't talked to him yet because to my knowledge, when he had arrived back home from the hospital, he was, he still had some healing to do. You know, he was still, his lungs were still weak. He wasn't able to speak much unless he absolutely had to. Oh wow! But in terms of that, what I do know, and when I posted this on the first day that I found out about him being in the hospital due to having the coronavirus, is that he wanted to speak to his mother, my grandmother, because and ask for a prayer because he was actually crying and he wasn't feeling good at all. And this is a man who's actually like a strong man. So for him to be feeling that way, I mean, he must have been in very bad spirits. He must, I, I honestly was thinking, and my mother was thinking as well, is was he calling you know, his mom, my grandmother, to um, at least maybe hear her voice one last time just in case he didn't make it. So, you know, and I was very hurt because, you know, my uncle is one of the very few people in the whole world that I have a deep level of love and respect for. So it hurt me very much, too. But um, but I, so one of these days, I'm going to have to speak to him. Eventually, we're going to have to have to break that break that bit of silence and I'll speak with him and get, you know, get his take on it, what his exact experience was, but I'm looking forward to speaking to him soon. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it's, it's amazing how, you know, something that, uh, that's just, uh, tragic that happens to someone, it gets that vulnerability out of them. It, it, life shoots back into perspective. You know, you start to, uh, reconnect with, with the people who matter most. Um, you know, I want to, and here's something that's been on my mind. You, you've, I've, you've talked to him, you know, and mentioned him a fair amount. You say you got this great respect for him. Um, just to dive a little deep into that, uh, we don't have to go too, too long on it, but, um, what is it? Uh, he sounds like a great guy, really strong guy. Um, you know, who's got it together and someone that you really look up to, uh, just tell me a bit about him. More like what's, what's he about? What, what makes him that kind of man in your eyes? 
the thing with my uncle that is many, much different from the rest of my family members, and I have a very big family on both sides of my family. Um, he's really taken a huge step in his life to transform himself to be a much better version of himself, as I like to put it. Um, you know, he, he's a wonderful all around man. You know, he's learned from some of his mistakes in the past. And he's one of the very few people that I personally know that I can trust very deeply and I can have meaningful conversations with about life. And I trust his perspective. He has a great perspective on life. That's what sep those are the things that separate him very much from the rest of the people that I know. Oh, that's great to hear. And uh, who, who else, you know, um, uh, fits that model? for your life? Like who else is an influencer? Like I know on uh, your podcast recently, you had Dr. Billy Allsbrooks came on. Is, is that the kind of, are those the kind of people that you like to associate yourself with who, who have that kind of mindset and that kind of message and, and drive towards life? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Unfortunately, in my case, I probably can't even count on one hand how many of those people I can just reach out to and have that and have that connection with and have these types of conversations with. But, you know, my source outside of that is um, going on YouTube or on the internet and just doing research on these motivational speakers, some of the top motivational speakers in the world, Billy Osbrooks being one of them. And so that's where I've gotten my inspiration and my drive from and my perspective from. That's great. And, and how long ago did you discover Billy? Because like, uh, I, I had heard about him, I heard some of his stuff, but I didn't really start listening a bit more until you had mentioned him. So uh, how did you come across him uh, just on YouTube? And, and what is it about him that, that really hits home with you? We're like, yeah, this is like, this guy's a part of my routine throughout the day or throughout the week, you know, when I need that extra, extra push, what's, what's, what makes him that kind of guy? Well, well, first off, um, when it comes to Billy Allsbrooks, I discovered him via YouTube. I didn't know much about his story. You know, as I was, as I have gone through YouTube in the last few years, I've come across different motivational speakers through different motivational channels. And, you know, if you listen to his message and you get the grasp of what he's saying, I mean, he makes you want to run through a brick wall. His energy, you know, he's loud. He has this ton of energy. You know, he's, you know, he speaks through the word of God. He's a man of God. He's a wonderful man. And, a few weeks ago when I first started doing research on him after he accepted my request to do an interview with him, I, I really got deep into his story. And this was a man who at a very young age got into the rap industry, the hip hop industry, and he became a rapper. You know, he has a long family history of his, he has a long family history of doing music. And he talked about one day when he got that, bad phone call of his father having a stroke and within the next two weeks his father passed away and and a big part of his story was when he went to the funeral to to do a, to make funeral arrangements and the funeral director asked him what do you want to be on your father's obituary on your, on his um on his stone and that's when billy said he discovered and this is what he told me as well not just through the youtube videos but this, he had mentioned that he learned he had a different perspective and learned that man one day i'm gonna die and one day someone's gonna ask the funeral director what do they want to put on my headstone and it kind of shifted his mindset from being an unselfish person who only cared about money women the fame the accolades that came with being a rap star and by the way he said all that stuff is a lie like you know, all the things that you'll get, you know, they'll validate you in terms of all that stuff. You know, he said, it's all a lie. And he said, it shifted his perspective. And then another point I want to make is on the day of the wake or the funeral, when people were going, who knew Billy's father were going up to Billy, telling him all these great stories about all the good they have done for him, all the favors they'd done for him, Billy's father going out of his way to help people out. He then discovered even more deeply that it was about leaving a legacy. It's about what you do for others, how you make the world a better place. And that's when you really realize, man, you know, I really need to do the same thing. You know, it's not about me. You know, if, if I one day die, if I die today or tomorrow, he mentioned that people would just be mentioned probably how selfish he was. He only cared about the money, the fame, the accolades, the stuff that really didn't have any deep meaning. And so that's basically what made him special and what started the trajectory of his life going forward into the successful man that he's been today. 
Oh, that's really in depth. He really knew, knew your, your, uh, your real background knowledge on him. That's for sure. He must've been impressed with that. What, what was it like? What was it like? You know, you, you got someone, they say, they say never meet your, your heroes, but you know, you get to meet one of yours and you get to interview him as well. What, what was that experience like for you from the time that he responded to you to the time that you finished that interview and you said, okay, man, till next time, click and meeting. I had a jitters, you know, I landed a big guest. Like I said, he's one of the top motivational speakers in the world. You know, this guy goes, travels all around the country and all around the world, uh, sells out tickets to whatever event he goes to for his seminars. And so to actually speak with this man one-on-one via Zoom, I mean, it was spectacular. I knew I'd get some inside knowledge I wouldn't have gotten otherwise, despite all the heavy research I had done on this man. And so it, it was very special. And he ended up as I expected to be a very kind man and a genuine man. And I definitely learned a lot from him. And in the future, I'm sure him and I will do a second interview together. That's fantastic. And at any point, you know, pre-interview during it, the post-interview, did he ever like kind of dive a little deep on, you know, what you're doing with your mission and with your podcast and where you're going with your life? Or did you guys keep it kind of cordial for that first time around? Well, in our first interaction, I contacted him through social media, of course, and then we went to another social media platform to speak a little bit about what I'm doing and why I'm pursuing him to do an interview with me. And I did mention that I am doing a podcast on personal development and specifically what it's about to help young, young men and women, particularly in their late teens and early 20s, to help discover what their purpose is and help them get through the stuff that I had once gone through for, in my earlier days. And so he was, he was, he was pretty satisfied with it and he was down with it. You know, it didn't take much for him, for him and I to agree on what time and day we were going to do this interview and we made it happen. That's well, that's, you know, that's pretty surreal to hear. And, uh, it goes to show I, I, you know, cause as you know, mine's for, uh, my podcast is for student athletes. And the thing I like about your message and your, in your story, in your process that you're going through is that like, uh, and we'll get into this deeper because I know um, about how you left your job to start yourself on this journey and to do all these things and look what's happening now because you took a chance, you pulled the trigger, you got this podcast happening, you meet one of your heroes, you know, you're building momentum and really it, it only happens if you take that action. You know, it, it's a lot, which a lot of people won't do. And a, a lot of my athletes struggle with that. What let's go into that now. What made you decide I need to make a change. I need to, you know, leave the the world of of just being a worker, being an employee, and I got to go and take, you know, the world by the tail and put it in my pocket. Well, I'm wondering if I should start back to my previous job or should I start back even further when all this really, really began, when the trouble, when it was really deep. You, you let's dive deep, man. You do you. You 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 lead the charge here, pal. All right, so. I think this is a very important part. It's not directly tied to your question as much as my previous job. I'll go back to my first job because this is a very important um, point I need to make. So back in 2013, when I was 20 years old at the time, I'd gotten my first real job job. And it was in the food industry. I worked there for eight months. And at that point, going into that job, it was already, I was having the toughest time of my life. You know, I just, I was just months off of graduating high school and, and my, I mean, it was just a downward spiral. I mean, the mental pain was just, was just through the roof. I, it was just, it was so, so brutal. Like I, I went because I had no purpose. Like I had absolutely no direction. And with the family turmoil that I had been going through at that point, I'm, it was just, it was just so excruciating. Um, you know, a lot, I remember those, I remember those days and nights where I'd get up and throughout the day, I would just have so many angry outbursts. I would, I, I was just mad at the world. You know, I was just wondering why, why am I going through this pain? And there were even nights when I'd go to bed and uh, I would, uh, it, it would keep me up at night. Sometimes I'd stay up well over an hour after I went to bed, sometimes two hours, even once in a while, three hours, over three hours in bed, three straight hours in bed, just in mental, mental pain. Just, just, it was, it was so tough. It was pain that I've never, ever felt like before or after in my life. And so going into this job, you know, I just needed to get, I needed to get off 
I just need to basically put myself to work and just go do something and, you know, accumulate some money for myself. And it was, it was a super, super tough job. It's a family owned business in the food industry. And with this being a food, a family owned business, I mean, there's no boundaries, you know, there's, there's no higher ups you can go to stuff go wrong. There's no uh, protocol set in stone where, you know, if, our, if people are just acting way out of hand, you know, you, you, they have someone to discipline them. I mean, it was just, they just did whatever the heck they wanted to do. And it was just a very toxic environment. You can tell, I remember from my very first decade since people in there were very miserable. They just hated what they did within a family, mind you. And it was extremely tough. After eight months, I finally left because I just couldn't take it anymore. Between the pain I was, I was feeling when I was at home to the pain I was feeling when I was going to work. I mean, it was just way too much. And that was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life, to be honest with you, despite not making any money whatsoever. Um, and so I went for the next 16 months, I went without a job. Um, and this is the crazy thing, Scott. I was so embarrassed, like my self-worth was so low. I, I haven't told anybody this, but a lot of times when people would visit my house and I would come over, I would, and they would ask me, what are you doing? You know, cause that's the typical question you ask people, like, what are you doing? What you're up to? How's work? I used to lie and say, I used to work with my sister's boyfriend in construction because in the past I did used to do uh, some side jobs with him once in a good while. So it was a good lie to fall back on because I was just too embarrassed to say I wasn't doing anything. I'm just at home all day, 24 seven, not doing anything very productive. Um, and so from that point, you know, 16 months later after I left that job in the food business, I entered, I entered the uh, company retail industry and cause I was running a little short on money. So I had almost had no choice. I had to force myself to get back in the workforce. And I worked there for five years and overall, these those five years were overall good they were much better much much better than the previous job i had the good over outweighed the bad overall um you know i i made a lot of great relationships not just with people that i've worked with in my store brother stores within the same company as well as many customers you know but there was one day in august this past august of 2019 that i told myself um, in, in the early 2020, I'm going to leave and start pursuing my goals and dreams. I'm going to put my gift, which is my voice into use. Now, mind you, it didn't just take that one day in August leading up to that point, the last several years leading up to that one day in August, the last year, I've always thought many, many, many times, what can I do with my life? Like what change am I going to make? What do I need to do? How, you know, how, how am I going to, how am I going to discover what a happy, fulfilling, successful life is that I've never felt before? You know, that I've never, ever felt before. But that one day in August was when I knew I was going to make a, a change. And going through that point from August to February, when I left my, my job, I never felt any less compelled to, to, to not pursue my goals and dreams and make that huge shift in my life. Actually, I felt more compelled as time went on. And so here I am, you know, two months later after uh, leaving the retail uh, industry. And, you know, I, th I think it's definitely the best decision I've ever made to date. You know, I'm getting one step closer to uh, pursuing my dreams and reaching what I want to and becoming what I want to become. And I have a long, long way to go, like a very long way to go. But I'm looking forward to it because that means there's a whole lot of improvement on my part. And that's what gets me excited because it reminds me just how much better I can become and then how much more I can help others with my, with my growth of experience. The day you made the decision and the day, your last day of work at your, at your old profession, was that like a weight off your shoulders? Was it like, okay, I'm, I'm free. I can go and pursue this now. I can, I can go. There's no excuse now. It's 120 miles an hour from here on out doing what I want to do. Is that the feeling that you got when when you made that uh, you made that decision, and when you you had your last day of work, when you walked out, and you, you're on your way home, and knew that hey, I'm not going back there again on Monday. Um, a little bit, and I say a little bit. I don't know if it's necessarily because 
and I, and I, I assume it's because I didn't hate my previous job. Like I said, the good overall outweighed the bad. So I can leave the saying I had a good five years overall, you know, but, um, but I just knew it was something better and I could just finally focus on what Jonathan needs to do. You know, I, I was just, I was really so happy, Scott, more than anything that I got all of my time back to put all my time, attention and focus on these new endeavors that I'm going after. And that's, and that's such a huge relief. Gotcha. But a lot of people, but a lot of people don't make these kind of moves is because they're scared of external forces that are, that may t- or that tell them, or, you know, whether it's people or, or even their own inner voice more than anything else that tell them you can't do this for this reason or that reason. And I, I've had those, and I even, I even had those troubles as well in the beginning. So that, that period of your life of the, the uh, 16 months without working, because I, I remember my, oh God, from 18 to 22, 23, you know, uh, I worked a lot of trade jobs, construction, and I was, it was sporadic, you know, work for a few months and, you know, get bored of it and want to go on to the next thing and all that. And during that whole time, I just had all these different ideas and things that I wanted to do. But I was just saying like, okay, well, where's the answer? Where's the step-by-step process to, to do this? Realizing later in life, you know, where I am now, it's just, you know, just get started and then you'll start to learn and ask for help along the way. But, but was that your mindset where like, did you have a lot of ideas in your head that you really want to take action on? You just didn't know how. And the easiest thing to do outside of that was just to stay home and, you know, just say, okay, well, if I'm not going to do what I, what I really want to do, I'm not going to do anything at all until my back's against the wall. Was that, was that kind of how you felt at the time? Still referring to these six, that 16-month time frame, correct? Yeah the, yeah, the time where you were 16 months of nothing. Because yeah, I've gone through that too. Not, not as long. I think my longest stint of doing nothing where I was just playing the blame game to myself was about close to a year. Um, yeah. and, and working like, you know, you went back to work to help a company out for two weeks. And then you said, okay, screw you guys. I'm not doing anything. Because it was just a poor mindset that I had. So during your time... Is that how you felt? Did you feel like, okay, I, this is not what I want to do. I got all these great ideas. I just don't know how to do them. Or was it just, I just don't like anything and I don't know what I want to do. Yeah, it was more of the latter. You know, for me, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I just didn't want to be around people, honestly. I, I, honestly, I just, I just felt a certain type of way, a strong way about the world and not in a good way. And, you know, dealing you know, with the people I've been dealing with in my, in my family and just people at work, I just, I just didn't want to be out there. You know, I just didn't want to be around. I just didn't want to be around people. I thought I was going to go through a similar um, circumstance I went through in my first job in the, in the food industry. And I just, I just wanted to keep to myself and mind you, you know, I'm an introvert. So that wasn't a hard decision for me to just be home by myself uh, for the vast majority of the time and not have anyone bother me or get in my way. Um, but, but yeah. So what's your relationship with people like now, or, or what's better yet? What's your relationship with the, the, your social, uh, outlook now, um, as you're going on this path of like self-improvement, personal development, you know, you're reaching out to people and talking to people that you never thought you would like, those are, that, that's like a quantum leap basically from, from where, who you used to be to where you are now. So is that, is, do you find that's becoming a, a new part of you? Like it's, it's, it's in its infancy stage, but it's starting to develop in the direction that you've, you've wanted it to be. I'd, I'd say somewhat, I don't know if I, if it was necessarily something I wanted it to be. I, I, I think it just came out naturally. You know, I'm still an introvert at heart, but I'm not afraid to interact with people. I'm much better at having conversations with people that are very meaningful and not just small talk, put it that way. I'm not a very, I'm not good at small, having small talk with people, you know, outside of a very few, outside of very few subjects. But, you know, for, for me, I've, I've always, I've always, for the last few years, for the last several years, excuse me, I've cherished just having that meaningful conversation with someone that I can just learn off of and just how to, just about life and just how we can, how I can make my lives better, how we can make each other's lives better. But that's something that my family overall has lacked very, very much. You know, I don't have the, I, de- I do not have the type of family that has put it this way. I have a, I have, my family comes from a third world country and 
they migrated here to the U.S. decades ago, but they still, to this day, many, the vast majority of them still have the same mindset, the same third world mindset, the same third world outlook. They haven't really transformed themselves to be a much greater version of themselves, maybe just a tad bit, but that's about it. And so, you know, for me, you know, being where I had been for most of my life, you know, having that same type of mindset, because that's all I've ever known. That's what I grew up in, in the household I grew up in, in the family that I grew up in, in the society that I grew up in. You know, I just wanted something much bigger. You know, I wanted something much better, much more fulfilling, number one. You know, that comes before success. And, you know, like I said earlier, that's what that's what led me to finding those sources on, on YouTube, having some finding some of the best motivational speakers in the world and getting that much better perspective. And if it wasn't for them, you know, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I wouldn't have taken the necessary steps and had the internal growth that I've had within myself. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's you know for you to say that means a lot to me because I've had that with I've had that experience with certain people in my family who are quote unquote inner circle people where I remember one of them said, Yeah, but in our family, here's what we're good at. We're good at, you know, making friends and and having families and paying off mortgages and getting jobs and people liking us. And I thought, oh, I'm like, that's the best that you want to do. So I can relate to what you're saying about, you know, when people come in with their, their upbringing mindset. And it reminds me a lot of uh, an interview that I saw Brian Rose do from London Real with uh, Gabber Maite, who's, um, I always pronounce his last name wrong, but it's that accent I still can't get. Um, he's a, say it's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, he, you know, he's a psychiatrist from, uh, from Vancouver, BC. Um, and he was talking about childhood trauma. Now he's not talking the kind of trauma, but he does touch on it where it's like, you know, there's like obviously the physical or verbal abuse, but it's the overall mental trauma that can be downloaded into a child's mind growing up. And that can carry on into adulthood where they really don't want to believe those things. And they don't have a lot of those things that they do on a, on a day-to-day basis, but it's downloaded in their subconscious mind where it, it comes out when they try to do things better for themselves. Um, and it's amazing how, you know, whether it's, you know, adults today or kids who are growing up now, they're, they're not really in control of that when they're that young or when they were that young, uh, because, you know, you're supposed to look up to the older people around you and you're the average of the five people that you hang out with most is what they say. Uh, and it's amazing until you start to make the change on your own and start to bring new people who have more more time in your life who are the type of people you want to do. It's really, you know, it's only until then can you see that change. So it's, you know, for me, it's kind of like a thing. Okay. Someone else get, you know, I thought like, you know, this is, we all think we're special in some sort of way. Oh, this is only happening to me. But when you hear it from someone else who's actually making progress in their life, it's, it's really inspiring. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when we did this course uh, with London real, which we're wrapping up in the next week and a half or so um, we all had to have, uh, our uh, alter egos and uh, you did yours, Mr. Rager, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, you know, it's just kind of like that little, it, it, it reminded, it's like a cartoon uh, character that just like, bam, you know, who, who's going to come out and save the world is how I perceived it. Um, but you, you know, you've talked about like uh, your relationship with anger and some of the stuff you've talked about now um, where there is that kind of that environment around you is that relationship with anger kind of like a buildup on the inside that you kind of suppress and put back and is, you know, more so kept to yourself? Is that, is that the kind of um, relationship you have with, when it comes to anger? Cause everyone's got a different relationship with it. Some people just explode, other people bottle it in and channel it into some sort of energy. Like what's your relationship with anger that way? Yeah, Scott, I, I do bottle it in, you know, me being, somewhat part of an introvert it's because partly because I'm an introvert but also mainly mainly because if I were to let my anger I'd get into a lot of trouble I have to be honest with you if I'm going to be brutally honest with you in this podcast for your listeners that's my number that's my biggest problem in my entire life that may, and that I'd say in my all my 27 years of life that's that's always been my biggest problem that I still have to get over um you know it's it's you know I grew up in a household with a, a mother and a father at the time who 
who just had had that rage in them you know they had a very extremely toxic relationship and you know you know it's crazy you know my father was the worst out of all of them you know i have an older sister as well who had ended up um what's the word taking in that anger you know that that she grew up in, in the household with my mother and father because they had an abusive relationship you know my father had has had a long history of domestic violence towards my mom and then that you know that anger kind of rubbed off on my mom i don't know if she had it before or after meeting my father but that's you know between them two and my older sister like that's that's a huge part of what i knew and what i was and the kind of um what was brought up to me you know basically and so and so i inherited that that's what i was looking for inherited that that anger from them and and ever since then it's been a huge problem you know with with the dysfunctional relationship between you know my people that are supposed to be closest to me my mother father and older sister you know it just it es it escalated and in the last 10 i'd say 10 years or so 10 plus I've had to channel the vast majority of that anger inside because I know if I were to let that stuff out, you know, I'd get, there'd be repercussions, you know, and the relationship between me and my mom would get that much worse. And it's still something I'm trying to get over to this day, but it's unhealthy. So, you know, pursuing podcasting and which is like a performing art in his own, it, it, does that help, you know, take some of that energy that does build up and exert it out? Like some people use meditation, some people do working out, um, you know, some people read, whatever it might be. I don't, there's a million different ways to do it, but it is, does podcasting help you with that to exert some of that, that rage anger that, uh, that, that builds up inside? I'm going to be honest with you here. It does not. And it's because I know eventually when my do launch my podcast and let everyone know about it, my mom's going to listen to my episodes. And if I were to release some of that anger by telling my frustration out to the world and on my episodes and my mother were to listen to it, Mm -hmm. trust me it's it's gonna get ugly it's gonna be it's bad bad bad, bad news bears Unfor gotcha. unfortunately i wish i could tell you the opposite but that's just the god honest truth yeah you know i didn't something where it's in your journey where people aren't at that point where they can bring out that side of vulnerability to to pursue um something in such its early infancy stages because as you know you've, i'm sure you've heard td jake said this people will judge you first and figure you out later so if they hear, oh, there was that one bad story, that's what this whole person must be about now. I don't want to be around that person. Not realizing there's an overall message and there's a development in, in you know, your whole process here of this whole personal development game. So no, I get it, man. There's, um, you know, people, uh, people put me on the spot and I don't tiptoe my way around it, but I've always, I, I've, I'm at peace with a lot of my stuff where I'll say it. I'll be like, well, it was seven years ago. So what are you going to do? Seven years ago. You can talk about it all you want, but it's not going to change things. Um, right. You know, sw sw uh, switching gears. Um, you also have a second podcast uh, that's dedicated towards uh, football, uh, predominantly NFL. Uh, talk to us about that. What, what's Because uh, that's another project that you have that I know you love a lot. I know you're a big Colts fan. You know, you got your bucket hat on every time I see it in the in, uh, video live calls and all that good stuff. Um, so uh, take us through that. What, what's going on with that project? What's uh, your overall goal? How does that how does that make you feel? Give us the whole shebang. So when it comes to that, you know, I, I've told you this before. I told other people this before. There's not many things that I'm very good about, but the NFL is one of them. You know, I love the NFL. I love all the nuances, all the news and all the analytics and details that come along with it. And it's in, and I just love immersing myself in it. Every time when I'm doing research on what I'm going to do for my next episode, I enjoy doing that. You know, I just, I love just immersing myself into that field. And, and so I decided to do a podcast with that because not for nothing. I've told you this before too. When I, when I hear people from the big networks talking about the NFL, whether it be ESPN or NFL network, sometimes I hear some people speak, on a regular basis and i say to myself i can i can do better than that i can yeah. speak about better than he can you know he's getting paid how much i can articulate that story better than he could what he said isn't true at all i can give you the truth and so that's my take on it so my goal with that to answer your, uh, the other part of your question is i mean hopefully with this podcast i can either gain many many viewers to listen to to my work 
because it's something I know they will value, or maybe I can have someone higher up in the field of uh, in the NFL field, if you will, reach out to me and and have my breakthrough in there. If there's a coach, NFL coach, past or present, and NFL superstar, past or present, that you could interview, you know, tomorrow, who who, who would those people be? One of each. Yep. Yeah, one of each, pal. In, in in terms of coaching, without question, Tony Dungy. Yeah. And this and this goes back to personal development too. I mean, not only is he one of the greatest head coaches of all time, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, and you know he did a great job coaching the Colts for the seven years he was he was there. But you know, I always sometimes I say to myself when I when I think about him, when I come across him for in whichever which way, I always tell myself if I was half the man even maybe a quarter of the man that he is I'd be a much better person you know I look up to that guy he's he's a phenomenal phenomenal human being a man of God you know he's helped so many people he's actually left coaching at a relatively early age he left a job job coaching the Indianapolis Colts to go to prisons and help just be that um blessing to other people and help them transform their lives you know it shows you what kind of a man he is a great man he is. And so him, no question. I know I can get gain a tremendous amount of wisdom from that man, just like anyone can. And as for player without question, my favorite athlete of all time, Peyton Manning. You know, I love that man to death. Um, you know, one of the, obviously one of the great legendary quarterbacks of all time. And, and I can gain a lot of wisdom on how hard work is because he isn't, he was an extremely hard worker in his time. His main reason why he was so successful is much, he's a very, he's a very great example of what you can be if you are born with a God, a huge amount of God given talent. And I believe God put him in this world specifically to play the quarterback position, but that blended with an extreme amount of hard work you could really maximize yourself to be the best version of yourself and what you do. And he's a great example of that. And yeah, he's. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, no, I'm glad you said that. Cause growing up as a kid with, uh, when I watched, uh, highlights NFL, it was Dungy and Manning. I'm like, and I love the Colts uniforms. <laughs> I'm a big uniform guy when it comes to, to sports, but, uh, it was just like, I, it's just with Dungy, you see him do like his post game. And no one ever tested him. He was just really like, you know, there's a lot of respect that everyone in that league had for him and the media and all that. And to be at the height of his game, like he was, you know, like, as you said, he left a bit earlier when I, 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 I was surprised when he stopped coaching to be at that height and be a part of that lifestyle to go do other things that he's passionate about. You know, that's just, I hope I can do that one day with my life. That's for sure. <laughs> but you got to get to one stage before you can go to the other. <laughs> He could have won many more games with the Colts. They were still at the pinnacle at that time, and he was only 53 years old. You know, coaches don't usually leave under their own terms until they're well into their 60s. So, yeah, just incredible human. Absolutely, and and Manning, like he just kept going till the end there, winning the Super Bowl and, and into his 40s and that. Like I remember, I remember the year that they lost, and it was like his second last year. The last couple of years have blended in together for me. So forgive me on my uh, on my uh, stat history here. But I remember it just wasn't the same iron anymore. He was just kind of tossing it in there for 10-yard gains or whatever. But it was just he still had, like, you know, he's a winner at the end of the day. And he performs on that high level where he finds a way to, to ha- that got his team to win, you know. And, and to be able to have that ability at the tail end of your career is just phenomenal. Love it. Mm. What's, uh, what's uh, your, uh, you know, moving forward with your, your football podcast, um, you know, is that more, is, is, is the, uh, you know, your, your personal development podcast, like your, your main hub of, of what you're most focused on. And then football is more of like, here's the side gig that, you know, this is the the fun and entertaining side for me to, you know, take things a little uh, less seriously or to take a more relaxed approach to it. What's, what's the difference between the two in terms of how much time commitment you put in? Um, not much, honestly, very little matter of fact, you know, when it comes you know, there's there's so much content in the NFL. Well, not not so much right now because there's been a lot of things shut down, you know, with the whole coronavirus situation. So there's not many new stories coming out as there normally would be around this time, especially with the NFL draft coming very soon. But but speaking of that, you know, 
I just say basically that's just something that I like to talk about any new stuff that comes out like to speak on it put everything in order and just give my take on it and also give out accurate information in the process through my research with the personal development podcast uh, the main thing for me is just um, going for guests pursuing them and doing a ton of research on them so I could really show my audience all my listeners all the great things this person has done and, and there are different stories. Obviously every story is different and you can gain something different from at least one thing different from one person that you can't get from another guest. And so it's just to immerse, immerse myself in those two heavily a lot, because like I said, those two topics, personal development and NFL are two subjects that I absolutely love to death that are a big part of me. You know, they're just a big part of my life. And I don't want to, I don't want to lessen myself from either of those two subjects whatsoever. Have you ever, uh, cause, cause this person has the, had the best of, well, not the best of both worlds. Cause one ended for the other one to begin, but have you ever listened to, uh, Inky Johnson? Absolutely. Inky yeah. Is my man. yeah. One of the best in the world. One of the best. Yeah, man. I, uh, I came across his stuff a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how I missed out on it. I like his story, like his, I've watched, you know, football YouTubers like KTO who has a lot of stuff. And, uh, and I, I never saw uh, him ever do a show on him. He probably has, but uh, I came across it and I thought, man, like that guy for one was a tremendous athlete, you know, was supposed to, he was ranked to go top 30 in the draft, you know, has the hit, you know, gets the, starts bleeding internally, right arm damage, loses his arm. And now on, now he does, uh, you know, motivational speaking and seminars and events and all that. Just a really great story. But uh, it's, 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 it's crazy though. Like, you know, you got, you have two niches here that can tie, that tie in at some point in in a lot of athletes careers where athletes or coaches move on to talk about that because what was important in terms of just showing up for games and practices and workouts uh, there's, there's a greater, there's a greater elaboration on that when they go in to talk at colleges high schools you know corporate seminars whatever it might be so it's pretty unique there at the same time where uh you know people think well it's two different worlds but they they do meet a lot at some point in time in a lot of those people's lives who are a part of those two the the sports world and into the personal development um so we, we've talked about you know your your top guys for football and you know i'm right there with you on, on both of them i'd have to say those are two of the guys that come to my mind right away um, but let's talk about, you know, uh, speakers, personal, personal development gurus. If you were to build your dream team of people in personal development, Pat, you can bring people from the past, the present, who, who would that be? Like who, who would be on your dream team? If you were saying, Hey, I'm doing this conference and you three or five people or whoever it is, you're a part of it. Your keynotes at my conference. Who are those people? How many people? As many as you want. Let, let's go three to five, somewhere in that range. Okay. All right, so I'll give you the five. And this is easy. Um, Eric Thomas, my favorite motivational speaker. I'd say Steve Harvey. Um, Les Brown. Oh, yeah. T.D. Jakes. Uh, and I hate to le- hmm. Toss, it's a toss-up between Billy Osbrooks and Inky Johnson. <laughs> well, hey, man, then go with six if you got to go with six. Like I said, it's I'll your dream team. Why not? Hey, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, man. That's that's a lot of power in one room. That's a lot of if you don't oh, leave yeah. if you don't leave jacked up. If you don't at least do something successful for one day after you leave that conference, there's you know there's something wrong with you. There is no helping you. That's for sure. <laughs> no right or wrong list. These are just people that have that have reached to me the most, you know, yeah. and there's many others, obviously honorable mentions, Mel Robbins, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar of the past, one of the top motivational speaker guys in the world. I know your, I believe your personal favorite, um, Jim Rowan, you know, oh, yeah. phenomenal guy. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's many phenomenal speakers out there today. Yeah. You know, I, I Ziglar and Rome, the Rowan, Rowan, I don't know why I was thinking of uh, Jim Rohn when I said that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but uh, Jim Rohn and uh, Zig Ziglar are, are my two top guys. And they, it's funny because they kind of got that, they got that Southern twang about them, but they just, there's something about their delivery that I love. But then there's the side of, you know, the power of a TD Jakes or a Les Brown, you know, or how Inky Johnson to, to the new age of, of the new generation of the world today 
they, they, there's, there's just so they're so good at delivering their message and they say it so simply. It's funny though, when you try to think back, cause there's times like, I wonder if I can, you know, kind of remember and recite that they say some of the most simple stuff, but when you try to say it, it's like when you try and go and do it, when they say, okay, write down your goals and then start to follow them. It's simple, but it's difficult. And when you try to, you try to emulate what they're saying, it's like, I can think it in my head what he said. I know exactly what he said, but I'm trying to say it now <laughs> and I can't do it, but it sounded really cool. It was, you know, it's uh, it, it's fun, man. I, I, yeah. When it, when it comes to that, that's a hell of a dream team you got there. If they had like a dream team Olympics for motivational <laughs> speakers, there'd be uh, I, I'd wonder who'd come out on top on that. <laughs> so, so for yourself, you know, like with, with where you want to move, like what's your big bodacious goals? What's your 10 X dreams, you know, that are really out there where you say, Hey, I want, like, I want you to have a well-designed life right now. And some of your accomplishments, like, you know, is it, is it running, you know, like the, what some of these guys do with their big events, you know, with their conferences, having that kind of influence, you know, is it kind of, you know, making your living and helping people along the way and taking more of that introverted approach that you're, that you're used to. And, and that's okay to do. Um, like what, what, what do you want to do? Like, what's your, what's your, uh, your big bodacious goals for the rest of your life that you want to, that you want to track down? Um, in terms of person, I'll start with personal development in terms of that. I don't know if I see myself as a future motivational speaker, you know, unless God directs me in that direction one day in the future. But for me, it's just to, I, I, what I need to do, and this is something I've never done in all my life that I really need to start doing is just reaching out to more people and people that I come across and just spreading the wisdom that I have. Now, mind you, I, I'm not, I don't have the type of knowledge of an Eric Thomas Les Brown among the others that we've already mentioned. I'm not, a, I'm not at that level in terms of knowledge and experience and wisdom, but I do have a, but I do have a story and I, I have been through a lot of heartache. You know, that's, that's a bigger part of my life to this point than, than the alternative than the opposite. But, um, I do have a story and I can always, I can always help people uh, take that next step, you know, take at least an, a, a couple steps forward and hopefully that will um, push them to make a, a, a much bigger push for themselves and to be better than they've ever have. Um, so yeah, just reach out to more people and talk to them, especially the ones who need it the most. Um, and as for the, and as for the football podcast and like, you know, my take on the NFL, my big bodacious goals for me personally, my dream job, I'd say, would to be the play-by-play -play announcer for the Indianapolis Colts. You know, being over in state Indiana and calling games every single week for the Colts and traveling with them on away games as well. I mean, that would be phenomenal. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. That would be, oh, that's like, uh, that kind of reminds me of uh, Tom Cheek, who was with the Toronto Blue Jays for, uh, I forget how many, it was in the thousands of games that he was there until he passed away. And I can only imagine just the, the stuff you see and, and the, just the, the overall journey of, of a dynasty or, you know, of a franchise, that would be, that's a good one. I like that a lot. And people forget stuff like that, like that, you know, that's out there and exists. That's, that's extremely cool. Um, you know, when, when it comes to, um, this is probably the last uh, serious question before we get into a couple more of the, the more fun stuff and the more, uh, you know, philosophical things. Um, you know, people today have a different perception of what makes them successful. And usually it's money. You know, people think if I make a lot of money, that means I'm successful uh, in life because I can afford things or whatever. But that's not usually it. The success is defined in a lot of different ways. So my first question is, what's your relationship with money? And the second part would be, what do you, what do you, how do you really define success in life? My relationship with money is more so discipline than anything. You know, money was a, a, an issue for me. I, I've learned to gain a lot of wisdom and discipline about money after I'd made so many mistakes with money. And, and it, it's important, especially now, you know, being unemployed and not collecting any income that I really put my focus on where my money really needs to go. And if I really need that thing that I'm looking for if I, and, and going away from it, if it's something that I want, but don't need. You know, I still have that battle with myself because, you know, the urge to to buy something that you find interesting, it's it's not easy. Even to this 
point, even with all the discipline that I've gained, it's still not easy, but I have to, I have to fight it. And I've done a solid job with that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the advice I'd like to give to your audience. So like things, just things that you don't need, don't really matter. You know, you get the excitement very momentarily. Once you get that package or something delivered to your house, only to realize that it may be sitting in your cabinet or in your closet or somewhere just collecting dust. It's, it doesn't hold much value at all. Um, as for my definition of success, my definition of success is someone who can honestly, within themselves, in their heart of hearts, wake up every day and feel fulfillment in what they do and the relationships that they have. It's not, you see, a lot of people, when they talk about success, they just um, relate it to their job and what they do and how much money they have, like, like you said. But it's something Inky Johnson said a while ago. One of the one of the few quotes I remember him saying, you know, and I'm paraphrasing just a little bit here. He said, "What if you're a private? What if you're a public success, but behind closed doors, you're a private failure?" And in something similar, Eric Thomas said in one of his in one of his tracks on one of his mixtapes he did a while back, saying, and he told this story about how one. He came home to his wife and his wife got on his case about not washing, you know, not washing clothes the right way and not folding them up and doing what he was supposed to do with them. And so she was like, you know, you know what, you, today you're not, you're not E.T. the hip hop preacher. You're Eric Thomas. I don't need no motivational stuff today. You know, she put him in his place and he made the point to um, learn how, how to, how to wash clothes the right way and, and, you know, fold them up set them aside where they're supposed to be and all that stuff. And, and it's not deep. The story is in and of itself isn't deep at all, but the point he's trying to make is, you know, for him to have that happy relationship with his wife, for him, for them to be two and to be, and to have a successful and loving relationship is that he had to do his part in the house. He had, he had to do his part. He, you know, his wife needed something to get done for, and Eric needed to be that person to do it. He finally did it. He corrected his mistake. And he made the point is, you know, a lot of people outside in public, you know, they're this big success. They got all the accolades, all, all, all this stuff that really doesn't matter. But at home, you know, they're average, you know, they don't have a good relationship with their wife. Not no, like a don't they don't have a huge connection with their kids in the relationship that they have. You know, it's, it's just very basic and they're not really there for their kids like that. And so he, he made that point. So the point I'm trying to make, Scott, is, and this is something I have to work on too, you know, with my relationships, just at least uh, connect more with the people that I know will, um, will benefit me the most and I can benefit them the most, just like as my uncle, as we talked about earlier. And and just maintain that life where I'm ju just doing some things that I love and just take it to a, a very high level so I can reach, so I can maximize my potential, the potential that God has given me and maximize the gift as God has given me. So that's my definition of success. You know, I remember that, uh, that ET story too, cause, uh, he, he was preaching about it in, in one of his other seminars where, <clears throat> Um, you know, people are saying, you know, Eric, what do I got to do? You know, well, you got to be a good husband at home. Oh yeah. But I feel like a punk when I'm doing that. Yeah. I remember that story. Yeah. 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 So that when you, when you said that it clicked right in. So no, I get exactly what you're saying. And you know, it, it's funny, those little victories. I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger just said little victories that add up into big things later on, you know, like reps, 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 just do the reps, you know, cause those are going to accumulate a lot quicker than not doing anything at all or doing things very minimal or, 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 you know, um, or limiting yourself to doing more. I'm just going to do enough, whatever's enough just to get through it. So no, I, I, that's, I get it, man. Um, for someone, for a kid uh, today, and, and, you know, again, my thing's for student athletes. That's really what my niche goes into, but you know, there's a lot of great information here just on life, but student athletes have this thing where they want to pull the trigger on something more and they don't do it. And that's something you've done. You, you, you've, you said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in on this and I'm either going to, I'm either going to get to where I want to get, or I'm you know going to die trying, but I'll find out quicker either way, <laughs> you know? 
Um, what, what's your advice to, you know, some of the, the student athletes today? Cause they're in a, they're in a very vulnerable situation with this whole COVID-19 thing. You know, Olympics are, are canceled. Championship tournaments are canceled. Playoffs were canceled for hockey. You know, seasons may not start for football, basketball, soccer, whatever that might be. So if there's something that they really want to do deep inside, but they're not pulling the trigger, what's the piece of advice that you could give them so that they just, you know, they get off the couch and they go for it. I say, listen to your intuition, like that inner, that inner voice that's telling, like we all have an inner voice, especially when we we grow up. There's that, there's something in our lives, something within ourselves that we know we want to do that we feel very strongly and deeply about. And a lot of times people don't go after that thing because it's too big of a goal. You know, not, not many people have accomplished it. Um, know anybody that's, that's done this big thing that we're trying to do. And, and we hold ourselves hostage, you know, not, I mean, it's bad enough. We have other people holding us hostage when we want to tell them what we want to do. We like this big goal that we have for ourselves. And, and so, you know, like I said, we hold ourselves hostage and we don't go after that thing. But for, for me, I'll give an example before I elaborate more. For me, when I made that decision back in August, I'm going to leave. You know, there were, there were doubts within my stuff. Um, one thing was money, you know. I, I took, you know, you're not going to have, once you leave, you're not going to, you're going to put your time into pursuing your, you know, this podcasting thing and, and eventually voiceover, which is what I want to do as well to, to utilize my gift in multiple ways. And I say, you're not going to be collecting any money. And what if just, what if it doesn't work? You know, what if it doesn't work? You know, there's going to have to be, an extreme, you're going to have to work harder than you ever have in your life. Not that you don't know how to work hard, but it, it's going to take a whole lot of hard work, a whole lot of your time. And what, just what if it doesn't work? That's, that's, that's something that every kid, everybody um, feels when they're trying to pursue something, no matter how big it is. And the thing is, Scott, there's literally always an excuse to why something can't be achieved. No matter how big or small the goal is, there are always reasons why it can't be achieved. But as Steve Harvey once said, for him, the dream has to be bigger than the fear. And I took that as if you're dreaming, if whatever you're dreaming about, whatever you think about isn't, isn't very big, isn't something that will take you to, to a, a high level of success and, and fulfillment and utilizing your gift as well, then it's not then it's not worth going for you know it's not bigger than the fear you you're, you're then it's you might as well just stay where you're at but the dream has to be bigger than the fear and set yourself high to a high standard that you're going to achieve something big and so and another thing i want to point out is um don't expect tell yourself you're going to be successful and don't expect anything less like a lot of people will be politically correct and trying to go for something and people will ask them you know what if you know what if it doesn't work or what if this and if that and they just give a, a nice political and politically correct answer of you know i hope it's gonna work out. i'm just gonna uh, uh i'm gonna do my best and try but they really need to tell themselves you know i'm going to do it like i'm going to reach this i'm going to get this job i'm going to make this career i'm going to make something out of myself whatever it is you want to do you know tell yourself and demand yourself you're going to you're gonna you're gonna reach that that finish line and don't expect anything less you know and and, and tell people the same thing if they if they doubt you in any way shape or form for whatever reason tell them you're gonna get it no matter if this comes off as arrogant it's not arrogant it's just expecting more of yourself and and shrinking your doubts and fears inside. And, and that tactic will work, you know? So, um, and yeah, so that, that that's basically my take my advice, unless there's something else I can think of right now. But. <laughs> no, that was good. That was really good. And and what I got from that, two, two, two people came to mind with things that they said when you were talking and articulating that phenomenally, is Mel Robbins saying, our, our dreams show up every day, but we don't you know, and you got to show your, your dreams are showing up every day and they're holding up their end of the bargain. So as a person, you have to hold up your end, uh, your end. Uh, and the other one was, was Dan Pena act within when, when you're without, you don't have it yet, but you say, no, I'm, I'm just going to do this. And people say, well, no, I, you know, it's not really the right time or this, that you should be, you should think a bit more and no, I'm just doing it plain and simple. 
And if you don't like it, well, then you don't have to hang out here. It's like I keep uh, referencing in our workshop classes what Quentin Tarantino said to that one lady. I was interviewing him about Kill Bill. Oh, this is teaching violence. I said, I didn't make the movie for you, lady. You know, I didn't make this for you. This is for my audience and you're not in my audience. So don't talk about it if you don't like it. <laughs> you know, so I got some... boldly, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it though, man. Like, no, I, I love it. I love the way you, you spoke that. That's awesome. Well, uh, hey, here, here's my final question for today. And, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, an emulating kind of a London Real Brian Rose uh, thing. But, hey, he says, uh, you know, great people steal things and make it even better. So I like to put my twist on this. It's same day, April 17th, 2020. 16-year-old Jonathan Fernandez is sitting across the desk from me right now. And you have one shot to give him the best advice moving forward in this world. What do you say to him? So I'd say make sure, well, I'll have two points. One, I'll start with saying, put yourself in a position where you're following people, whether in person or through the internet, taking the advice that they, like people who have reached a high level of success and fulfillment who are living a, an absolute all overall, all around wonderful life, not just career wise, but in their personal lives, follow those people. And if you can ask them in person, ask them, reach out to them as much as you can. And if it's online, then just listen to their content, read their content as much as you can on personal development because they, they know plenty of success secrets about what, what it takes to live a life with success and fulfillment and in your personal life and what you do in your career as well. Um, because th those people have gone through a lot of trouble, a whole lot of trouble, and have gotten through it, despite all the doubts and fears that plagues most people and prevents people from being their best selves and sends people to the grave without ever, you know, achieving what they were set out to achieve you know people most people never follow the path that god laid out for them in life you know and they die and they die they don't die on empty you know they die with a very a, a full tank almost and those are the people you need to follow because for most people in society especially in our family and usually our closest loved ones you know like particularly our mother, our father usually, and this doesn't get talked about enough, is they'll be the first ones to talk you out of something great. They'll be the first ones to talk you out of being the, the person you were set out to be by God. And, and if you're looking at those people and they haven't achieved a life of success and fulfillment, or at the very least are not working towards becoming a much better version of themselves and following the, the path that God laid out for them, then you need to not, then you need to stay away from those people. Maybe not, not stay away completely, but um, just don't take in the advice that they give you because they, they will, they will hold you down. They, they are, they're the anchor to your, to your ship. You know, as you're trying to sail to the next destination in your life, you know, they will be that anchor holding you down and keep you in the same spot that you've been in for a long time. And that's, that's one part of my, that's one advice, piece of advice I would give to my 16-year-old self. Another one I would give to my 16-year-old self is, how should I word this? Bear with me. Just really believe, trust that no matter how far-fetched something may appear to be for you to, to reach that goal, just go after it. Because even if, even if one, this is one thing T.D. Jakes said, he spoke to his son one day and he said, and his son asked him, he asked his son what he wanted to become. And his son told him, you know, this is what I want to become, yada, yada, yada. And his son then said, you know, what if I re, what if I put all my time and energy into this thing and I find out that it's not what I wanted or it's, not it, or it wasn't my calling basically and td jake said if even if it's not the thing for you even even if, even if it's not the thing that god set out for you it will be the thing that leads to the thing or it could be a a thing that leads to another thing that leads to the thing so my my main thing is you know even if it's not even if the big first goal you're going after is not the thing that is going to 
maximize your life to be the best it can possibly be. You're still going to learn a lot in the process and you're going to get one step closer to becoming that thing. So be, please be patient. Don't use patient as an excuse to take it slow and take it easy, but just be patient and trust in the process and keep working extremely hard as you can and gain more wisdom and experience in what you're doing. So then that can take you to the next level. And ultimately you will be who God set you out to be. You know, it's, I don't know how many times that we've heard on the same thing, but that TD Jake's recording, I actually listened to yesterday when I was going on through my YouTube uh, library. It's a great story. Like I, I, it's just crazy how I was listening to that yesterday and you say it today and to sum it all up at the end of the day for, you know, all the, all the people out there looking to, you know, better themselves. Success really does, does leave clues. If you and I right now are, are talking all this stuff, and we're both thinking, we're both hearing the same things, something, some higher power, something's happening. And, and people just got to tune in, understand it, filter out what you got, take, take, take what works for you, you know, move on from the rest and just keep going forward. I love it, man. There's, you know, a lot of common ground here. And this is why I had you on. This is, this has been a phenomenal show having you on, buddy. Uh, likewise, it's been phenomenal doing this interview with you, no doubt. Absolutely. Hey, and we gotta reach. We gotta now. We're just in a pursuit to be a much better version of ourselves. We gotta Absolutely. Absolutely, buddy. Uh, so, Jonathan, um, where can everyone find you? Uh, you know, uh, social media, YouTube, uh, <laughs> Apple Pod, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Where where can everyone find you? What's your main your main uh, platform? Well, you know, I, I have had a Twitter for eight years, so you can find me at Jonathan Fernandez on Twitter, um, Facebook as well although I believe that is private. Um, I will be starting a YouTube channel to put some of my recordings on there on YouTube, the, the video recordings from Zoom. I have about three of them going on four within the next couple of weeks, hopefully. And uh, yeah, like you said, Apple Podcasts is another one. Um, and as for that, I mean, I do not have an Instagram. I do not have a phone, but when in the future, in the near future, I will, I, that, that will change. Um, and that's that's those are the only places you can reach me at. That's good, man. Keep it simple. I I wish there's days I wish I didn't have a phone or Instagram. So it's a but there's sometimes they're necessary evils at times. But hey, we'll yeah. get through it. But hey, again, Jonathan, I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for uh, spreading all your wisdom, and uh, I'm sure that we'll be doing uh, more episodes soon to come. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Thank you for having me. It's been more than a pleasure. Absolutely, sir. This is Scott McDonald with the Real Experience Student Athlete Podcast. Signing out.